it's great to be able to have the junior youth meeting again Sunday mornings and uh, really having a, a time for them to really engage scripture and grow in faith. And uh, we're just really thankful that Steve is, is doing that and, we're, that we're, and that we're able to do it again. So uh, things continue to be uh, reinitiated, should I put it that way, as we are here today. Uh, one announcement that I want to bring that's of significant importance, and I would think most of you have heard via, via our social media in various uh, ways, but as of next Sunday, we are moving to two services, 9 and 11 o'clock. Why are we doing that? Number one, we reached that 80% factor uh, last week, 138 people. The numbers are just going up, and we can have it a maximum of 150 people, so we were beyond it, actually. And uh, we're encouraged by that, but also we want to give people the opportunity to come and not to have to stay away because of our uh, limited capacity. So uh, we're, we're taking that action for that reason. We also think, and this is of equal significance, that having smaller groupings of people, which we will have at least for quite a while, we would expect, uh, will be safer. So instead of having 140, 138, we'll have... 70 in each service, or 80 in each service, and we'll have room for, for growth in that fashion. So uh, please be aware of that. 9 o'clock and 11, come 10 o'clock next week, you will be right in the middle of something, but uh, it won't be at the beginning of a service. So uh, please keep that in mind. And be praying that um, as, we, as we continue in ministry, as we continue in the midst of COVID-19, that God will really bless this church. I've said to you before, we're not willing to wait for COVID-19 to end for us to be, really become... Uh, the church at large, active, um, effective. We want to make a difference for God even now, and maybe especially now. So this is one of the actions that we're taking in spite of the extra you know, effort and planning and so forth. But we just want to see this church thrive, and we want to see its impact thrive. So we do move forward together. I'm going to uh, pray, and then we'll, we'll begin my comments today. Gracious God, we're just thankful for this morning, for these baptisms, for the people gathered here today, and Lord, we thank you that we can be the church of Christ. And God, you call us to, to be passionate and focused and intentional about what we do. First and foremost, we're called to worship you, God, to engage you here, to meet with you here, and to pour out our hearts and our minds before you with gratitude, with praise, and with appreciation for what you have done for us, especially in the sending and the coming of Jesus and his death on the cross and his resurrection. God, you are an incredibly good God. You've made us your own through what Jesus has done, and we love you. God, we're also called to minister. We're called to minister to our children and to our uh, teenagers. We're called to minister in the world, and, and, and we just pray, God, that even though COVID-19 persists, that we pray that we can be effective for you, that lives would be changed, that eyes would be opened so that people can come to see and believe Jesus who didn't before, that those who do follow after him, Lord, would grow deep in their faith as they study scripture and, and as they are transformed by the work of your spirit. God, be at work among us, we pray. Move in a powerful way, we ask you now. Lord, as we turn to scripture again today, this book that is the voice through which you speak, the word of God, we ask that, uh, that we will know that we are with you because you are speaking into the minds of each person here. And that we all leave with that message, the still small voice having spoken, that we might know what you have said. So bless us, Lord, and, and enable us and strengthen us as we go forward now. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, I was all set to start a new series today, which will begin next Sunday, and I hope it will be meaningful and significant for you. But a week ago, I had my last week of holidays, and... Um, 
I just did maybe more reading of newspaper articles, etc. And I began to read about something that, that was, I thought, very significant that I needed to speak to before we jumped into the next series. So while this has been unplanned, uh, in a sense, uh, I really feel it's important to address this reality. And the reality is the effect and, uh, of COVID as it persists among us. What I basically learned is this, that the primary effect up until recently in our lives, according to the professionals, has been anxiety. Anybody felt anxious? Uh, from the beginning until about the beginning of the fall, we were anxious. We were worried about our health. We were worried about the health of our loved ones. We were worried about our, our, our jobs. We were worried about finances. We were worried about the fact of the uncertainty of COVID and, and how long it's going to be here and what it means for us. Anxiety was prominent, and then along came the fall and the second wave, as it's called. And there was a movement away from anxiety, although it still persists, to depression. Um, and, and that's where a lot of people are right now, depressed. Why? Think about this particularly. There are lots of reasons. But we all tried so hard in the winter and the spring. We really did what we were called to do. We persisted in that. And then we hit the summer, and summer was good, and there was relaxation of, of restrictions and so forth, and se things seemed to be moving in the right direction. But now the second wave has, has hit, and we're feeling this. You know what? I've tried, but there's nothing I can do about this, right? There's this sense of what's called learned helplessness. We gave it our best shot, and look where we are. Anybody feeling that at all? Anybody relate to that? And secondly to this idea of depression is the winter approaches, our days are getting shorter. And in, in, in the regular course of things, as there's less sunlight, there are always those people who struggle with sad seasonal affective disorder. But apparently a lot more people are, and it is suspected will be impacted in terms of mood because of the shortened days and the lack of light. Uh, people who are, are, are impacted the most are, first of all, those who work at home, only. I think that's really interesting. You know, we t think about the future be maybe everybody at home. Well, we might all be depressed if that's the case. Um, but there's lack of social interaction there. Secondly, women more than men. And then thirdly, the other major group that's struggling are, are parents, both men and women, with children in their home under the age of 18. Um, this is a reality. Uh, KMH, that major uh, institution in, in Toronto that studies mental health, says that 30% of us have been impacted emotionally, um, and, and aren't doing particularly well, well. And of course, all of this is exacerbated by the fact of a lack of social contact and support. You know, when we're not be able to get together with the people that we know and that we love, to be encouraged by them and to care for them ourselves, it's hard. Life is harder. And of course, as I have thought about this, I, I began to realize, hey, this is something that we need to, we need to think about. What does the Word of God have to say to us this morning about this? What does God have to say to you about this? And if you've come here this morning not expecting to hear from God, literally, I hope that you'll sit up and you'll reconsider because the Word of God is intended to be the voice of God, which is intended to speak into our lives and make a difference in our minds and in our hearts. So listen, would you please, and hear what the Lord has to say to you. Uh, we're going to go to a psalm. I love the psalms, as you know, and there's a psalm that we're going to look at, Psalm 42, um, that really speaks to some of this reality because the psalmist is in a very bad place as this psalm is written. I'm going to read just the verses, and we're going to march through them together. Then we'll spend a little time reflecting particularly on, on how it ends. But verse 1 and 2 sounds really, really positive. 
I mean, there are verses which we sing as a song, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. It's sort of melodious, and it's a, a contemplative song of beauty. But I want you to listen to this, and I want you to recognize that while the psalmist is writing these words, he is really struggling. He is in a bad place in life. So Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? You know, already you begin to sense, when you think about those words, need in the human soul. There's something going on in this man's life, and he is hungry for God. He has to have more of God in his life. That's where he turns. That's where he goes. Verse 3 says this, My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? Tears have been his food day and night. This man is weeping. He is broken. He is distraught. And people are asking, Where is this God of yours? He apparently is being faithful to God. But it's almost like there's this sense of, of people looking in at his life and go, going, How does this work when you have a God who loves you so much? Don't we ask that question sometimes when we're in those hard spots of life? God, where are you? Maybe some of you really are struggling with COVID and you're saying, where are you, God? Where are you in COVID? Why have you allowed this? Verse 4. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Now, how many of you can really relate to that? <laughs> You know, we read the verse and we recognize ourselves in it. How many of us recognize how good it used to be before COVID? How many of us remember how enjoyable life was, how meaningful life was, how fun life was? But it's not now. You know what tempts me to discouragement, honestly, when I hear people saying, not only are we in COVID now with its restrictions, restrictions but we might never go back to what things were. We might never go back to normal. I don't know about you, but I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that that's a possibility. And you know the reality, where is life among the festive throng praising God? What relevance it has to us right here, right now. You know, we used to all come, not just those of you who are here today, but all of us, those many people listening online. And we used to come to this place and we would love it and we would enjoy it. And we would praise God, the festive throng we would be it. And then we'd gather. We'd have coffee afterwards. Anybody really looking forward to coffee time again? You know, I, I thought of the song this week, you know, um, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. And how many of you know that song? It's an old one, I know. I've rewritten it. When we all get to coffee, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Right? It's going to be good to be able to go and stand in that atrium and drink coffee and share our lives. Again, we appreciate it more now because we don't have it. Never mind the worship of God, singing together and, and praising God together, sensing the presence and the movement of God's Spirit among us. You know, this hits the nail on the head for us in the middle of COVID. You know, David was missing what was precious to him, aren't we? Verse 5, <coughs> excuse me, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? This man 
is struggling. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Now, that's repeated at the end of the psalm, and we're going to talk more about it. But at the moment, I want you to note the question, which is asked twice, why? What is going on in my heart, in my mind, right now, in this place, in this time? Got to think about that. Verse 6, we begin to see a bit of a turn in the psalm. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon from Mount Mizar. You know, there, there, there's a beginning, right at the beginning of, the, of this verse, you know, this, this, this reality of, of recognition of what is. I'm downcast. Do you ever struggle and struggle and, you know, life's not good and all of a sudden you realize, I'm really down? I do sometimes. And the reality is it's the recognition of what's really going on within us that's, that is that moment of turning. It's the moment of beginning to heal. You know, it's, it's that moment of, of recognition, and we may need to recognize that here today. How many of you are down? According to the stats, at least 30% of the people here are. Maybe it's higher. I don't know. But we need to know what's going on within us, that healing might come. Are you anxious? Are you depressed? You know? Are anybody, is anyone saying today, you know what, Chris, you're right, after all we've done, I can't fix this, we can't fix it. Look at what's going on in our world. And then in this verse comes that incredible word, which we have to give attention to in Scripture, therefore, therefore, I will remember you, the psalmist writes, and he begins to reflect upon who God is and what God has done and God's faithfulness in the past. That's the beginning point, my friends. We're not alone. It's not hopeless. Verse 7, deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. You know that phrase, deep calls to deep, I love it. It's not the only place that it's written in Scripture. But the reality is that God's Spirit speaks into our lives most profoundly when God's waves and breakers have swept over us. He allows these things to happen. They come and they go, but it's in the hardest times that we hear from God. And I hope we're all listening. Verse 8, by day the Lord directs his love, at night his song is within me, a prayer to the God of my life. I want to tell you that's what's true as the psalmist pivots from his discouragement and being downcast and discouraged. The Lord's love is directed toward us. That doesn't stop. In the tough times, God's love is present with us and it persists in our lives. Even when we don't know it, God is there and he is blessing us and he is seeing us through. Verse 9, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning oppressed by the enemy? And there it is again. Not as it others asking the question. It's the psalmist. God, why have you forgotten me? Why do I have to grieve and struggle and hurt like this? Have you ever felt that? You know, sometimes we do. And sometimes it's awfully hard. But in the end of the day, my friends... God's love is with us. That is the truth we must hold on to in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. And then verse 10, my bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me. 
saying to me all day long, where is your God? You see, times are tough for this man. They're really tough. They may be tougher for him than they have been for us in recent days, but I don't know. This has not been an easy season of our lives. But what we have to realize, my friends, is this. Because even though COVID is with us, we have to realize that following Jesus is a life, listen to me, filled with hardship. How many of you believe that in your heart of hearts? There are many Christians who say, no, no, follow Jesus and all the hardship goes away. Follow Jesus and he'll take care of all your problems. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to hurt. You don't have to get anxious. You don't have to get depressed. As a matter of fact, there are Christians who say that's sinful and wrong and we shouldn't find ourselves there. What about this psalmist who was there and who wrote out of his, his struggle a psalm that has persisted for thousands of years? The truth of God to us. No, my friends, following Jesus is tough. Jesus himself said, and we have to realize it, that in this life, you will have, who knows the word, trouble. And I want to suggest for you right now that COVID-19 is some of that trouble for us. And it is for us to remember the truths that are contained here. And it is for us to get to that place where we can encounter and know the, <clears throat> the reality of God in the midst of the struggle rather than complain. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, in the world of spiritual direction, um, they speak of various seasons of life. Uh, some speak of the season of consolation and desolation. The, the season of consolation is when life is good. The season of desolation is when life is really hard. Others more popularly have written of the four seasons of the year in the same way. There's, there's the spring when life is returning, things are getting better. There's the summer, <clears throat> excuse me, when, when life is really good and we're enjoying the sunshine and the goodness of life. And then there's the fall season when we enter into a slow decline. And then there is the winter when life is painful and dark. Well, I want to use these phrases to you. It's the best schema that I have seen, and we're just going to have them put on, up on the screen. The first season is the season of delight. It's the season of delight. When, when, when God is with us and we know it and life is good, do you have, the, have you had those moments in life? Are you experiencing it now? Or can you remember experiencing it when everything is like, man, my life is blessed. Everything's just pointed in the right direction, and things are good in my experience. That's the season of delight. And it's good, and it's a blessing of God. But then comes the season of silence. Life is still good, but you can't hear from God so much anymore. Life is good. It's just not as good as delight. God is with you, and you know it, but he's not as present and as, as active in your life. And then there is life in the desert, the, 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 ex, the ex, experience of the desert. God is there, and you know he is there, but life is really hard. Those seasons come. God allows them. His breakers have swept over us, right? Is any, any of you there now? But then lastly is the season of darkness. And the season of darkness is described that God is not close and life is not good this is the season when we really struggle we really hurt the emotion is just powerful and it seems also negative and we we don't even know that god's with us we can know it in our head maybe 
but it sure doesn't feel like it. Maybe some of this is the experience of the psalmist. But I want to tell you this, my friends. God allows all of these seasons, and he blesses us in every single one of them. And when we experience, you know, whether it be the season of the desert experience or the season of darkness, what God does in us in those seasons, he cannot do in other seasons of life. So he allows them. He allows the breakers to sweep upon us. He allows our hearts to be broken. He allows the, the difficult experiences of life to come upon us. Think of, think of God as the sculptor who takes a block of granite and he chisels away, wanting to create this beautiful sculpture. He chisels away the part of the stone that just shouldn't belong so that this beautiful image, this sculpture emerges. Well, that's us. In the season of darkness, God is powerfully at work, even though we might know it, even though we might not recognize it. And he is chipping away, and it hurts sometimes, but he's chipping away those pieces of life that he doesn't want in our experience so that he might create something of incredible beauty and incredible joy. Psalmist asked, why, God, why? In verse 11, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? You know, sometimes it's really evident. It's obvious. Sometimes it's COVID-19. Sometimes it's an illness. Sometimes it's a marriage that struggles. Sometimes it's a marriage that ends with all that heartache. Sometimes it's a financial fear because of job loss. Sometimes it's illness. Sometimes it's even death of a loved one or even our upcoming demise. Sometimes the answer to the question of why is easy to answer. But I want to look to this final verse as it's repeated from uh, verse 6 earlier. And I want us to see what it says. What are we to do when we're there? What are we to do? What does the second part of the verse say? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. What we are to do, my friends, is look to the Lord. You see, it is hope that will make the difference in the season of darkness. It'll, it'll, it'll be hope that, that makes the difference in the winter. It'll be hope that makes the difference when we're in that place of desolation. Hope in the God who is present in our lives, who is my Savior and my God. You see, the reality is if you have that God in your life, a better day is coming. That's a given. A better day is coming because of his presence. Someone has written that hope pulls us forward. And it pulls us out sometimes of the mess that we find ourselves in. Because we know that a better day is coming. And we're told to put our hope in him actively, intentionally, with, with great priority to choose to focus on God, to focus on his goodness, his presence, his power, his love for us, and what he will yet do. You see, with the Lord in our lives, we are never alone, and we know a day will come when we will yet praise him. Now, I don't know when COVID-19 is going to end, nor do you. It could be four months, it could be six months, it could be eight months, it could be 12. We don't know what the future looks like in many ways. But we do know that a day will come where we will thank God for what he has done. And we will praise him for strengthening us and for enabling us and chipping away the parts of who we are to reveal the beautiful statue. 
See, this is a recognition of what Psalm 23 says, that we have a shepherd and that he leads us in paths of righteousness. Did you know that's what you're walking right now if you're his? Not a fun path maybe, but it's a path of righteousness for his name's sake. And he will take us to those green pastures and he will take us to those quiet waters. And he will restore our souls. Never believe for a moment that the despair that you might feel, the discouragement, what does the psalmist call it? His soul being downcast and the disturbance within him. Don't believe that it is forever. Because God will take us beyond it. See, my friends, there is life without hope, and that is depression. <laughs> life focused on our problem. Life focused on our lack or our isolation or the uncertainty of life. I want to tell you that leads us down a slippery hill and it is a hard way to live. And then there is a hope. Then there is a life that's focused on the reality of our God, the one who is our savior, the one who is committed to us and to our well-being and the one who will see us through. And that is a life that is good and is encouraging and it is filled with hope. So let me say this to you if you are struggling. Let deep call to deep. Get into that quiet place and let the Spirit of God minister to your spirit. Acknowledge where you're at like the psalmist did. He didn't keep quiet. He didn't keep his feelings from God. He was honest with God. He had a relationship with authenticity and reality. Even the negative stuff, he just poured out before the Lord. This is where I'm at. Why are you doing this, God? Be honest with God. But as you do these things, remember what is true. That he is your savior and your God and he will lead you through. I want to finish this morning by going to the first verses in this psalm again and let me read them to you. Read them from the perspective of what I've shared. Read them from the perspective of someone who is distraught and troubled and depressed and, 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 and weeping day and night. Listen to this. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? See, in the darkness, in the winter, in the desolation, what happens to us in all honesty, whether we recognize it or not, is we thirst for God. Because it is God and God alone who can satisfy our souls. And the question is asked, where can I go and meet with this God who can satisfy my thirst for him? <laughs> well, you can go in so many places and meet with him. You've done it this morning. Those of you who are here, those of you who are at home. You can do it in worship. You can meet, meet with God in prayer. You can meet with God in his word and allow the spirit of God to speak to you through it. You can meet with God anywhere at any time. Any circumstance, good or bad. But let me tell you this. There, in that place, you will find him. And in that place, you will find hope. And that will make all the difference. So my friends, as the psalmist says, I say to you, hope in God.
hope in God, for yet we will praise him. Let's pray together. Gracious God, it is an incredible thing that no matter what season of life we are in, you are there. You are the God of love who calls to us, deep calling to deep. You are the God of action who provides for us. You are the God who gives us hope because we know that you will take us through. You are the God that we will yet praise because we will look back as we so often have and we will recognize how incredible thing it is that God has done, taking us through, forming us, shaping us to be the people that you call us to be. Lord, I pray for any people here today or who are watching who are struggling. 30% of our country impacted in, in terms of mood, Lord. Learned helplessness, depression. God, I pray that each of us who are hearing this sermon today, who are hearing this word of God preached, will recognize our thirst for you and recognize that you are our Savior and you are the one who can give us hope. So I pray, Lord, that we will go and meet with you daily, weekly, I pray that we will encounter the reality of your presence. I pray for all of those gathered here and who are watching, Lord, that their lives even now will be filled with hope, knowing that COVID-19 is not going to last forever. You will take us to a place that is better, a place that is filled with hope and goodness again. Lord God, for those who are struggling the most, for whatever reason in life, reveal yourself to them. Let them know that you love them. Let them know that you're present to them. And fill their hearts with hope. Our God, this we pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.